Hello fellow homebrewers, JP here, and I want to introduce to you the brand new Brewbuilt X1 Conical Series available at More Beer. More Beer sells the highest standard in homebrewing equipment, and the Brewbuilt Conicals are just that. They're made from mere polished 304 stainless steel, and they come with loads of features that you and I have been looking for. They have a full 2-inch bottom dump valve, which will eliminate your clogging issues, while the sturdy base includes four reinforced legs, just like those big pro tanks do. More Beer also carries the Brewbuilt line of options and add-ons like casters, pressure kits, and even external glycol chillers. So you can find out more about the new Brewbuilt X1 Conical Unitanks by going over to morebeer.com for detailed videos on the entire line of Brewbuilt Conicals. You can trust Brewbuilt with your next fermentation, and you can trust More Beer to find the right conical for you. Brewbuilt at morebeer.com. Feels like work. Shooting the shit for two hours, drinking beer, and talking beer. What a wonderful experience. Can we not have the barf bucket near my mixing board? <laughs> I think everybody can read the book. I knew you were going to use this book as an excuse to quit doing this show. <laughs> Mrs. Bub, if you want, I can mail you the bub timer. Yeah, Newcastle. Especially in the can. Have you ever had it in the can? <laughs> no, I have not had it in the can. <laughs> Notice I closed my eyes and I concentrated really hard. Now, live from the Brewing Network Studios in Northern California, this is the radio program for home brewers, craft brewers, beer lovers, and beer geeks. It's your only source for live beer radio that brings expert brewers together with, well, expert drinkers. This is the radio program with a head on it. This is The Session. Hey, all right. Welcome to The Session, everybody. Uh, another great NHC for uh, in Oakland. It's yeah. 2009 National Homebrewers Conference. And I realize today it's, uh, it's my... I think it's my fourth conference. It's the fourth year that the Brewing Network has attended this. And I met some homebrewers from, from Florida today. And they were the host of our very first uh, Brewing Network uh, NHC attendance. And back then it was like, who are these bozos you know, showing up at the Brewing Network? Now it's a little more like, oh, look, it's those bozos from the Brewing Network again. Uh, so not much has changed uh, other than we're in Oakland. I, I suppose. Now, sitting with me now, uh, we're going to get right into it. No, no messing around this week. Uh, we want to bring the, the conference home to you, and that's what we try to do every year when we come to these things, is uh, talk to as many of the speakers and the participants and the organizers as we can, and then bring it home to you. And uh, we are very fortunate to have, I've wanted to speak to this man on the program for, uh, well, since we started, Ken. Ken Grossman from Sierra Nevada uh, is sitting down with us uh, right now. I'm, I'm real happy to have you. Thanks for giving me the chance. Absolutely. And and you're our keynote speaker for the conference this year. Correct. It's kind of, uh, you've got some home court advantage here. So it, uh, not only are, are you, uh, well, a real icon in the industry, but it's your home turf, right? Uh, pretty close to Chico, yet, yeah, Not too far away. Okay. Uh, now, you guys are going to participate in Pro Brewers Night tonight, I assume. Correct. Yeah, what kind of beer? Get just real close to the microphone because we have terrible microphones. We're uh, serving Torpedo tonight and uh, Keller Weiss, uh, our, our German wheat beer. Oh, you are? Okay. Now, I just discovered uh, Torpedo. Is that a new beer that you guys are doing? Well, we've been doing it for several years, but uh, we just started bottling it earlier this year. Okay, we did. Uh, that's a great beer. 
Thank you. There's a, a lot of beer, I assume, is only available kind of up in Chico and at the brewery that, that we don't get to see elsewhere. Right. We've got uh, typically at least 15 different beers on tap at the brewery at any one time. Okay. Got it. Great selection of beer. How many do we find all over the country? Well, in, in limited uh, amounts, we distribute um, uh, probably 10 of them, uh, but they don't go all over the country, uh, just special accounts. Okay. Now, you're our keynote speaker, as we mentioned, uh, during this year's conference. How do you plan for something like that? You've got thousands. In fact, I think there's going to end up being uh, over, uh, well, about 1,200 home brewers here this year. Yep. Waiting, just hanging on your every word. They want to know what Ken Grossman, one of the founders of the craft beer industry for us, uh, what do you think about? What do you get ready to say to these people? Well, actually, it's been a, a great experience for me to go back through a lot of my old records and homebrewing recipes. I started homebrewing 40 years ago, uh, almost this month, I think. I don't have the exact date when I started, but 1969, uh, the summer after I graduated from junior high school. Okay. Uh, it's been, been quite a while. That's when you started homebrewing. Yep. At what point uh, you know, do you say to yourself, kind of like I did, I, I really want to do this as a, as a job? Did that happen real quickly? Well, I opened up a homebrew shop in 1975 Okay. Um, and ran that for a few years. And, and actually, I came to a, uh, one of the first homebrew conferences uh, in Oakland uh, in 1978. Okay. And uh, toured the Anchor Brewery and then went and uh, visited uh, Jack McAuliffe at New Albion. And when I got home, I decided uh, I was going to start my own brewery and sold my homebrew shop to a customer and uh, started planning on opening the brewery in 78. 78 was when you started to plant Sierra Nevada. Yep. How'd you get the name Sierra Nevada? Um, actually, I was a pretty avid backpacker and climber, and I spent my summers, besides uh, homebrewing, I spent my summers climbing and hiking in the Sierras. And, okay. Uh, I named my daughter Sierra before I started the brewery, and okay. it seemed like a, a name that uh, fit us. Now, is the, is the pale ale that we drink today... How close is that to your 1979 idea of Sierra Nevada Pale Ale? Uh, um, actually, as part of this, uh, preparing for this talk, I found the original recipes, uh, my homebrew recipes for the Pale Ale, you as did. well as my, my first brew. So actually, I'm going to show those uh, tomorrow. So, really? Yep. So we'll get the, the, the beer, that, the recipe that started it all well, during you, your, your speech. You'll get to see a few of them. I, I, I brewed uh, dozens of them um, as we are preparing to open the brewery. Uh, I was brewing five-gallon batches every week as we were in construction. Uh, using different yeast strains, different hopping rates, uh, different fermentation temperatures. So okay. I've just got a few of those recipes I'll show. Um, and, and not one of them is exactly what we ended up with. But uh, we brewed uh, about a dozen five-gallon batches, and then I brewed uh, about a dozen ten-barrel batches as we were starting to perfect it uh, at the ten-barrel size. Okay. All right. That's so, kind of, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing that. Very close to the, the current pale ale recipe, though. It is? Oh, yeah. Okay. So you really kind of stayed true to, to your vision of a pale ale since then? Uh, yeah, we knew we wanted to focus on uh, uh, Cascade hops, American mm -hmm. hops, and that was the only uh, aroma hop at the time that was, uh, was unique in, in American. And so we started out with Cascades. Uh, we experimented with a bunch of different yeast strains before we settled on the one we ended up with. Uh, different fermentation temperatures, uh, different amounts of caramel malt, and a few things like that. Okay. But, uh, we were pretty sure, uh, as homebrewers, that we wanted to, to do a hoppy, uh, a hoppy ale and not have it be an English-style ale. All right. And you guys, I mean, you really kind of put Cascade on the map, let's face it. I mean, that hop, now very popular, all the sea hops, but... Sierra Nevada Pale Ale put that, that hop on the map. Well, again, we didn't have a ton of choices. Uh, I, I mean, we, we used all the, uh, experimented with all the American hops at the time, which 
Brewers Gold and Bullion and Northern Brewer and you know Cluster was 80% of the the U.S. hop crop. I see. Um, and Cascade was was just a, an up and coming aroma hop that was starting to gain some uh, some reputation, and so we we really liked it and focused on that hop from the beginning. Okay. Now I have another question about kind of the the growth of, of Sierra Nevada, because I can tell that you're an avid home brewer and, and you're passionate about beer and. I'm kind of, guess, wondering if you ever envisioned that Sierra Nevada as a company would, would be where it is today. Have you always been a really savvy businessman, or did you kind of stumble along to get to this? Well, if you would find some of my old interviews, which they're probably out there somewhere. I All remember right. at some point saying, uh, if we could only get to 10,000 barrels, that would be just a, a, an absolute uh, miracle for a bottle-conditioned uh, hoppy pale ale. I mean, our thoughts of what the... the American consumer would, would uh, be able to tolerate with bottle conditioning uh, and with a lot of hops. I mean, back when we came out with our pale ale, it was definitely a radical style okay. uh, at the at the bitterness levels. You know, 37 IBUs back then was was a an yeah. extreme statement. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, really. And I, we remember uh, just saying, you know, you know, how much of this could we ever sell? You know, when we were at 3,000, 4,000 barrels a year. Yeah. Um, I started brewing 10 barrel batches, and we could only brew. Uh, 12 a month was our uh, our sort of maximum brewing capacity when we first started. Okay. So I had no vision it was going to grow to where it, where it did today. Right. I mean, you know, back at that point, there was only uh, less than five or six small breweries in America uh, in the early 80s. And at that point, Anchor was at maybe 25, 30,000 barrels. And, you know, there was nobody who had sort of broken through and, and really became uh, a national brand with a, a craft style beer. Okay. But at some point, you, you just, uh, obviously there was a market. People were buying up the Sierra Nevada and loving it. Um, at some point, you decided, well, we, we really got to keep going with this. Well, yeah, we, we uh, I think, rightfully felt that the, the opportunity was there. The consuming public was, was hungry for, uh, you know, interesting beers. And, and we just kept growing with the market. We, we were always sort of behind the eight ball, though. We never overbuilt. So okay. our... Our production always met our demand. We were always sort of short, and that was a, a good place to be during all those years when, you know, we were struggling. We didn't have a lot of money or resources, and uh, okay. some of our peers uh, had better funding and built, overbuilt, and then, uh, you know, really couldn't make their cash flow with the, the plants they built. So our, our philosophy was just, you know, feed whatever the market wanted. We never advertised, and, and uh, you know, demand was what we tried to meet. Yeah. Sounds like a lot of smart decisions. I think it can be easy to... To really, you know, jump ahead, especially if people are demanding your beer, let's have more of it, and and I guess as you're saying, outgrow yourself. Well, the sentiment back that some of the, some of the brewers had was, uh, you know, build it and they will come, kind of a sentiment. Yeah. With, uh, uh, you know, it was a capacity-driven uh, decision in a lot of cases. They just added capacity without really having the market or knowing that they could uh, uh, get the market soon, and they ran out of money and then had to do some desperate maneuvers, either by selling beer that wasn't quite right or by having to take in partners and, and making business decisions that really compromise their long-term success. Yeah. Now, how many barrels are you at now? Uh, about 675,000. Wow. That's a lot of beer. Are you brewing around the clock up there? We brew around the clock. We've got three brew houses. We've got a 10-barrel brew house. Yeah. Uh, we've got a 100-barrel brew house and a 200-barrel brew house. Okay. And so we, we run the big brew house around the clock uh, six days a week. When's the last time you put on your rubber boots, Ken? Well, actually, I'm in the plant almost every day. Okay. And so I don't I don't brew much anymore, but I do get actively involved in, in everything. I buy them all. I buy the hops. I uh, uh, you know work on recipes. Uh, so I'm, I'm quite involved in the brewing side. It's it's okay. what still fascinates me and uh, really excites me. Um, I design a lot of the projects. I do the engineering. Uh, so the brewing is in my blood. I. I uh, 
I try to not sit in my office and, and get out in the plant every day and, and spend good. some time. And I'll keep the beer gut down that way, too. A little sit bit. Sit in your office. <laughs> yeah. Now, I've got another question about how the, the craft beer industry has grown. Uh, I mean, obviously, we have a lot of really savvy craft beer drinkers around nowadays. Uh, and and uh, sometimes we can even be a little snooty a, about our beer. We, we love our craft beer. We like our handmade batches. Right. We like when we know that there's a guy in there like you or, or like anybody else here who's really planning out these recipes and passionate about his beer. Do you find it difficult at all to balance being as big as Sierra Nevada is and still being seen as a craft brewer, as a guy who's in there with his hands making beer? Um, certainly that's, that's an issue, I think, to, uh, for some consumers who think that we've grown too big. But, you know, our focus on quality has been one of the, one of the reasons we've been successful. And, and we've invested very, very heavily. And, and you'll see tomorrow I've got some shots of some of what we, we're doing. Okay. Um, but we, uh, we're the largest user of, of uh, whole cone hops in the world, regardless of the size of the brewery. Really? Uh, yeah, we, uh, we still brew with uh, you know very traditional approach. Um, you know, we, we pay a lot of attention to things like hops. We have our own hop field. Uh, we just harvested our own barley field in Chico, and, and we'll be doing some estate beers as well. Okay. Um, I'm actively involved in barley and malt and, and uh, hops, and so I think, you know, as we've grown, we've been able to put focus and emphasis on areas that when we were small, we just didn't have the, the wherewithal to do. So, okay. Uh, we really feel that we've been able to improve our quality as we've grown and, and still take a very traditional approach to brewing. All right. Well, I think that you can still see it in the beer. I mean, I ask you the question uh, knowing full well that I still really enjoy all the beer and can well, tell you. that it's a craft beer. But I just think it, it becomes valid as people start to ask about who a craft brewer is nowadays. You know, I, I, I agree. And, you know, we are uh, still, you know, I'm still the owner. Uh, we haven't... Uh, Sold out, haven't taken any outside. I can't go by stock in Sierra Nevada? Nope. Okay. Nope. I've, uh, I've been able to maintain control. I bought my partner out about 10 years ago. You did? Okay. Uh, and uh, so I've been able to stay in control. Um, so I'm, I'm still very focused on the beer side. I, I um, spend quite a bit of my week in, in meetings about beer and brewing and, and uh, uh, brewing philosophy and, and trying to, to raise the bar as we go. Okay. So, all said and done, you've been doing this for a while. Did you pick the right career, Ken? Is this, is this where you want to be? <laughs> it's my dumb question of the day. Right, well, Colin? actually, when I, uh, when I started in the brewing industry, uh, when I started home brewing, I was actually working in bicycle shops. And when I moved up to Chico in 1972, I got a job at a bicycle shop uh, and was home brewing and then opened up a homebrew store. And I had the opportunity to, to buy that bike shop at one point. And I was right at the point in my life when I was deciding, okay, I'm going to sell the homebrew shop and open a brewery, or I can buy this bike shop. Okay. And uh, I, I, I said to myself, um, I, I would the bike shop would be easy. I'm sure I'd have a, a, a good future with it, but I'd be bored. Yeah. And so I, I uh, opted to sort of put it all on the line and, and uh, jump into the brewery uh, with both feet, and, and I've never looked back. A successful gamble. Uh, it has been. No, th this industry is one, and I've got a lot of friends here. Um, you know, we all get along well. We're even though we're competitors on the street, uh, we have a great time together. Sure, it, it's like no other industry I've been associated with, or know anybody else associated with, where there's a great amount of camaraderie. Um, even to the point where I can call up somebody at Anheuser-Busch, Miller, or Coors, and and ask a question, or ask to come visit, and. and uh, 
know, there's mutual respect amongst the people who are on the brewing side. So wow. from, from home brewer to the largest brewer in, in the world, I think there's a, a mutual respect about brewing, and, and uh, we all talk the same language. And, that common uh, bond. Yep, I think that's uh, that's been such a satisfying part of, of me being in the brewing business all these years. Okay. Well, I'm going to let you go, Ken, because I know you're a busy man, but I want to I summarize some things. I want to make sure that people have been paying attention. As well-spoken and successful as you are, Ken, I just want to point out that homebrewing in Chico in 1979, bike shop or brewery, uh, now still hanging around the brewery trying to stay out of the office. You're really just an old hippie, Ken, uh, well, trying to get paid. Homebrewing in Chico in 1972. Oh, 72 yeah, even, yeah. It started in Southern California in 69. So, All right. Um, I'm just cutting through the, the pro part. You're okay. really just a hippie, Ken. Uh, I'll, I'll admit to, to some of that. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm really looking forward to the keynote tomorrow, and I think everyone's real excited about that. You're, you're a guy, an icon in the industry that we all want to hear from. So. Well, hopefully you'll find it uh, entertaining and, and interesting. I've got uh, some pictures going back to the early days of New Albion and, and uh, our early days when I first started putting the bird together. And, Great. And then some on through, uh, through the future. And, and quite a bit, actually, I, I've been... Uh, really enjoying looking at what you guys have been doing with the, the whole home, home brewing sector, how much it's growing up, and I, I think it really parallels what's happened in the craft brewing world. Sure. Uh, the, the level of technology, I mean, some of the systems I see here today are, are way more sophisticated than what I started out with as a commercial brewery, and then certainly yeah. what, what New Albion and some of the other people had back in the, in the late 70s, early 80s. I mean, the, the amount of knowledge and, and understanding of brewing techniques and, and uh, uh, methods is just uh, fantastic, and I think you know you guys uh, as homebrewers have really pushed the agenda, uh, have helped raise the bar for for all of us. So great, y y you're part of the uh, part of the whole uh, raising of of all of our successes. So. You're welcome, Ken. I'm glad we could help. Well, thank you. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. All right, Ken Grossman, you'll be hearing him tomorrow at our keynote address, and thanks very much for sitting down with us. Thank I, you. I really appreciate it. Uh, pleasure to talk to you. We're going to just take a quick break, and we're going to come back with Colin Kaminsky. Colin uh, from Downtown Joe's is hanging out here at the conference and gave a talk on water chemistry today. So stick around. We'll come back. We'll talk to Colin. And we got a lot lined up for you today. We're going to be bringing the conference home to you all week. So stick with us. It's the Brewing Network from Oakland. Listening to the Brewcasters. The Brewcasters on the Brewing Network. Nico, listen, our lawyer said that we had to do this for one hour, and after this, we don't have to talk to each other for three more months and then to the next meeting. Kids. Come on, let's get out of here. I'm supposed to have more lines. I'm the professional. <clears throat> Hey, it's Sully. And I'm Nico. And we opened the 21st Amendment nine years ago at 563 2nd Street in San Francisco, just two blocks from Giants Park, to make great beer and have a great time doing it. That's right, because to us, the 21st Amendment is more than just the right to make beer. It's the right to experiment, to be innovative, and just do things differently. And so now, we're putting our craft beer in cans. That's right, cans. You can find our world-famous Heller High Watermelon Wheat Beer and Brew Free or Die IPA throughout California and Alaska. And now it's also available on draft at select accounts in the Bay Area. So next time you're at your local neighborhood pub or good beer store, be sure to ask for 21st Amendment in cans. Because everyone likes it in a can. Tasty Crack Cans. Tasty Crack Cans. 
organic ingredients. Fresh, clean, good for you, good for the planet. And Seven Bridges has the best selection in the world. Everything is a click away at breworganic.com. Join the mailing list for special deals and regular updates about new products and specials. They have been brewing organic and serving organic brewers for almost 12 years. They can help you brew great organic beer. Seven Bridges will be at the National Homebrewers Conference in Oakland. Stop by the booth to meet them and talk about organic and environmentally friendly brewing. Organic homebrew samples will be served. Find out about the newly formed all-organic homebrew club, Team Organica. Seven Bridges is the host and promoter of the National Organic Brewing Challenge, the only BJCP-sanctioned nationwide brewing competition just for organic beers. Take the challenge this fall for a chance to win great prizes, including a hands-on brewing experience at an organic brewery. Seven Bridges. Visit today at breworganic.com. White Labs, your source for maltose mowing monsters, announces the White Labs Platinum lineup for 2009. Looking for out-of-the-ordinary yeast to make the best beer possible? The Platinum strains from White Labs are only available for a limited time and make your homebrew stand out. Through February, find Australian Ale, Essex Ale, and Dusseldorf Alt Yeast. March and April, it's Nottingham Ale, Abbey 4, and Mexican Lager Yeast. And May through June, don't miss Premium Bitter Ale, Belgian Wit 2, and Belgian Bastogne Ale Yeast. Keep up with all the great yeasts in the White Labs Platinum Program at whitelabs.com, where you can also join the White Labs Customer Club. Brew with the freshest and most unique yeast with the White Labs 2009 Platinum Strains. White Labs. It's all in the vial. Hey, Push, the new brewery's looking good. Thanks, Finn. Piece by piece. Well, let's fire up. Whoa! Is that a new kettle? Yeah, just got it brand new, but paid half price. What? And that blade scale? 40% off. The new tap handle? Five bucks instead of 13. Got a new regulator for the brew stand, too, but five bucks instead of 25. Dude, where are you stealing all this stuff from? Where else? The more beer deal of the day. Announcing the Beer, Beer, and More Beer Deal of the Day. Every day, a new fantastic deal from big items to small that will blow you away. Boil kettles, carboy carriers, sterile siphon starters, digital timers. Watch morebeer.com every day for a new deal, and you just might find the item you've been waiting for at a price you cannot believe. Hurry, because stock is limited on most items. And that sweet Guinness cap, let me guess. The The More Beer beer Deal deal of the day. Day. Yeah, I knew it. Come on, let's brew something. Find the More Beer Deal of the Day at morebeer.com. Celebrity Voices Impersonated. The Brewing Network. Saving your life. One beer at a time. the program everybody we're doing the session live from oakland at the national homebrewers conference and uh, a lot of people around a lot of people here this year and colin kaminsky sitting down with me cheers yeah welcome to the program colin i'm glad to have you oh it's my pleasure to be here you're here doing some talks right yeah i've uh, i've got two lectures one i already finished okay um uh they're both on water chemistry all right uh, the next one's saturday morning water uh, chemistry i gotta tell you that's a tough lecture to sit through you know, it, it is and it isn't. And, and I, I had to kind of decide what I was going to do with it. And really what I, 
what I decided I'd do is I took, you know, four hours worth of lecture notes. All right. And I said what I was going to do is I was going to run over it all so that everybody knew how big the world of water chemistry was. Okay. But I didn't fill in any of the details. I see. And, and the idea of that was to let people, you know, kind of get a good grasp of what it is and why we're doing water chemistry. Um, but not beat them up with the technical issues so much that they glaze over. Okay. And, and, and hopefully that worked out that way. Uh, we ran through a lot of material in an hour. Now, uh, I've talked about how great the attendance is here this year. W- were there a lot of people in the room just waiting to hear about water from you? There, it was standing room only. Wow. There, we had a row of people sitting uh, in front of the seats. Yeah. And we had a row of people on the back wall. And we had people out in the halls trying to get their ear in. Really? Yeah. I wonder if that is a testament to how educated homebrewers are becoming now, that they're now ready to move on to water. I mean, we've said in a lot of shows here to kind of worry about water last, get your process down, do these other things. And I wonder if it's a testament to how savvy these brewers are becoming. You know, I, I think it's one of those things, probably like me, that you, they did save for last. Yeah. And and I saved it for last just because it seemed like it was going to be hard. Right. But if I had to do it over, I don't think I would save it for last. Is that right? Um, because it's not that hard. Okay. It, it really isn't. It seems like it's really hard, but half the reason why it's hard is because you have to unlearn a bunch of stuff. Okay. Once you unlearn the stuff, the stuff you have to put back in your head is pretty easy. Yeah. Doc is sitting in with us. Uh, he, he's hey, at the conference, as always. Uh, do you agree with Colin? It's not as difficult as uh, we make it sound? I think I think maybe learning all of it all at once and trying to take it in a big bolus is going to be tough. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, you can start out baby steps doing it and explaining that one. But uh, I'm not going to learn about water for years, guys. I'm going to tell you right now. I was in the lecture listening to Colin. He did an awesome job. He did? And I got in there, and it was standing room only. Okay. Uh, and I would more put a testament up to the they came to see Colin talk. Yeah. <laughs> it's because we make Colin famous. He did a great job. It didn't, as I was telling him, it didn't glaze anybody over in the eyes yeah, and everything. Yeah. So uh, it, was, it was very informative. It was great. really good. Well, and, and I think that was one of the things that was kind of exciting for me about doing the talk was the first time we tried to talk about it, you know, Jamil and Doc and I had never had a conversation about water before. Okay. And so we had to, to build a common language on the air. Um, in in sort of a realm that uh, we were all just exploring ourselves, yeah, and uh, that made it for a really tough show for us. Um, but that was, gosh, three years ago now. Yeah, I think. it was our first one was a while and, ago. And you know, so for me, that's that's three hundred batches of beer and and so much experience. And now, to me, water chemistry is like, look, this is all you need to know. It's not that big of a deal. Yeah, and I'm I'm a lot more relaxed. It's not. It, to me, there's nothing cutting edge about it. It's it's uh, it's something that I'm relaxed and comfortable talking about, and I don't feel like somebody's going to ask me a question that I just don't know the answer. Yeah. Because I know how big the world of water chemistry is now. Okay. And uh, uh, so I'm real comfortable with it. So for me, it was a no-brainer talk. Yeah. It's not like you know talking about hop chemistry or talking about yeast. Um, where where I'm still out there on the forefront trying to learn, trying to experiment. Okay. Um, uh, to me, water chemistry, I just go into the brewery every morning. I do it. It takes 15 minutes of my thought, and I go away. And you're ready to go. Yeah. I think Doc's about the same way every time he builds his water. It's a piece of cake, right? You yeah, I, I've think got too it. Much about it. No, I got it done. No, it's just another ingredient to me. Yeah. Now, I will admit, so I brewed a beer, Colin. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> For the first time in... Uh, Got a year or something. I finally got a chance to brew. I brewed for for the conference. 
We're pouring my beer uh, tomorrow night. Nice. Um, I'll save you some. <laughs> and I did do some water adjustments a la Shat. Shat had me add some things to my water. I don't even know what he had me add. What did I add to my water, Shat? Just gypsum and some Epsom salt. Why did I do that, Chad? I see, because Chad told me to. That's why I did it. Okay, well, so both of those things have calcium in them. Okay. And so why you did it was to lower your mash pH. All right. Because calcium will lower your mash pH. And how's that going to affect my finished beer? Well, you're, you brewed a pale beer. Yeah, I brewed a blonde, a really yellow, fizzy blonde. Yep, that's uh, a good place to use gypsum. It is? Yep, uh, because uh, the sulfates will make uh, make it taste a little crisp. Okay. And the calcium will lower the pH into something reasonable. If you, you know, I don't, I don't know, I only know my base malt real well, but uh, if you just take your random base malt um, and you mash it in with distilled water, it's going to mash it in about pH of 5.8. And that and that's real high. Okay. And you want it to really be around five two five three for a light beer like that. Okay. So you can get that down by reducing your alkalinity or by adding calcium. Okay. And uh, so what you did was you added calcium and magnesium, both of which will reduce the alkalinity or reduce the pH a little. And that was easy, mostly because Chat told me to, but also because I just took a couple teaspoons of this stuff and I threw it in and I was ready to go. And well, it, so it really wasn't complicated. For for me, it takes about thirty seconds of sitting at a spreadsheet. Yeah. Um, it takes about five minutes of doing a water analysis. Okay. And then it takes about maybe two minutes to weigh everything out and add it to the kettle. Okay. And then I, I go out to the to the uh, restaurant side and uh, either make an espresso or have a half pint or something. And and wait 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 for all the little chemistry to act because in three hundred gallons it takes maybe a minute or so. Okay. Um, for everything to really do what it's going to do, it happens really fast. So if it's six a.m. you grab an espresso. If it's six thirty you grab a half pint. Well, no, it's it's. I don't believe in coffee before beer because it ruins your taste buds. Oh, I so, see. so wow. I, I have a half pint of double IPA and then a quad espresso. All right, is usually what I do. And Doc, in your field of of work, is that okay to do? Can you have beer before coffee before your dentistry? No, <laughs> that wouldn't work out. Although some of my patients do. They do. Uh, eight in the morning, you can smell it on. Really? Oh yeah. Come in there hammered. Well, I, you're a scary guy. You're the dentist. Yeah, I am. You know, I. I'm yeah, all surprised people have I have to hear it. Hammer. <laughs> yeah. And then all of a sudden, they need a beer. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Oops. Yeah. yeah. Now, Colin, have you been to the National Homebrewers Conference before? You know, I spoke about 10 years ago in Dallas. You did? And uh, What did you speak about then? Um, a home brewery equipment design. Okay. And, and really talked a lot about uh, metal and uh, why we're choosing stainless and why we might be afraid of lead. And why we might be afraid of some other things, and okay. and talked about some of the technology they had available to them as far as making sealless or uh, weldless fittings, because weldless fittings weren't really around back then, and uh, there was a lot of stuff that that really hadn't been developed. And I was working for Beer Beer and More Beer. That's what I was going to ask. That's back when you were with those guys. Yeah, and I was developing a lot of that, so it seemed natural to go talk about you know what I did in my daily life and how what, where I was getting my ideas for technology, okay. and where I thought people could get their ideas and. And what I thought were good good practices for building own brewery, and what I thought were kind of shoddy practices. Yeah. And uh, uh, it was a fun lecture. I had a really good time. So from ten years ago, that conference, looking around now at all these people, and and you've you've been walking around the conference all day today. Uh, we'll talk about some of the differences. Has it really grown a lot? You know, it, the conference was huge in Dallas. I was I was in a hotel. It was so hot you never left the hotel. 
I was in a hotel with everybody for four days. Um, I, I didn't have a lot of public speaking experience, so I was terrified. Okay. Um, and, uh, you know, I recognize a lot of faces from back then. There's really? a lot of the same people. Yeah. And, uh, and, and that says a lot to, uh, 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 to homebrewing and, and how dedicated the people that are here are. Um, there's a couple uh, 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 notable people from those days that I don't see, uh, like George Fix. Yeah. And, and, and so I kind of miss that. Sure. Um, but, uh, no, it's fun to see some of the, the old faces. You know, the attendance here, I'm told, is really high. Yeah. Um, I think we're up uh, 250 or so from last year. And last year was a record. At about 950 people in Cincinnati. And just under, I think, 1,200, Gary was telling me, are here in Oakland this year. Well, I know I, there had to be 140 people in the room I spoke in today. Yeah. Okay. Um, uh, and that was the first lecture of, of the, there was somebody speaking in another room with me, you know, at the same time as me. Sure. And that was the first lecture of the whole conference. Wow. So there's still going to be people showing up tomorrow. Yeah. There's going to be people showing up the next day. These lecture halls are going to be really busy. And, and hopefully these people are taking that information home and sharing it with their friends and okay. uh, sharing it with their homebrew shops and all that kind Absolutely. of stuff. Absolutely. All right, Colin. Well, I'm glad you're giving a couple talks here. You're the guy to do it uh, from our water shows. I know they picked the right man to, to lecture about these things. So, You know, I was looking at uh, the website last night because I actually wanted to see how drunk you guys were before you went on the air. Mm. So I was looking at the website yeah. last night to see if you guys were on the air. And uh, I noticed that uh, uh, John and Jamil did a four-episode uh, water chemistry talk. They did. They, they did a three-part talk and then realized that they were still getting a lot of questions to summarize what they had talked about. So they finally did a, a fourth part to just wrap it all up. You know, I, John... Did you is, listen yet? I haven't yet. I, mean, I, I wanted to because I was writing up my notes. And so I wanted to incorporate what they were saying. Um, Plagiarist. Yeah. Well, that's, you know... <laughs> Now, there's only been 350 pages written in the English language on water chemistry of brewing. Is, is that right? Yeah, so it's all plagiarism. I, I didn't invent any of it. Yeah. Um, but what I have tried to do is, is collate it into a small amount of knowledge and communicate it to as many people as I can. Okay. Well, you're doing a good job of it. So, well, thank you. Yeah. And then, so you give one more talk tomorrow, you said? Uh, Saturday morning Saturday. at 9 a.m. If you really want to... If you really want a brutal uh, thing to do at 9 a.m. in the morning, oh, I, man. I, I I told the staff to uh, make sure they had people to pour beer yeah. because I was not going to try to talk water chemistry unless yeah. everybody had a beer in their hand. Yeah. So so I, I think I'm going to bring down a five-gallon keg of my double IPA do it. and make everybody You're wake up right to a for beer. The double, IPA. Not, you, du- double IPA for breakfast. You can't bring them a nice pale ale or something. You got to go you, right for that. Yeah, you know, double IPAs work best for breakfast. You yeah. know? It's, <laughs> it's like in a double bloody Mary. You do it to get to it quick. You get healing quickly. Yeah. I got to admit, uh, it's in kind of rough shape today after after yesterday's festivities. Here I get this great chance to sit next to Ken Grossman, and I'm hungover as hell. You know, I, I, I was actually on the headsets, but I didn't really want to talk because uh, uh, you guys were having such a good chat. Um, but one of the things that he mentioned was that uh, uh, he feels like he can call up Anheuser-Busch and ask him any question in the world. Yeah. Um, I, I make 750 barrels a year. Yeah. You know, so he's making 650000 a year. And I can call up his staff and his research and development. Um, uh, anytime I want. They, they have a huge library there. They will fax me stuff out of their library. 
Um, they will uh, uh, talk to me on the phone for an hour wow. on any question I've got. Um, and they see me once a year at, at a, a, a seminar yeah. that happens at Sierra Nevada. Um, but they know I'm a brewer in California. I don't think any of them have ever had any of my beer. And they'll take all that time to share whatever they know with me. It's pretty so, impressive. So, yeah, the, he really he really encourages that in his staff and really does make California feel like it's a community of brewers. Yeah. Uh, right. A great guy. He is a good guy. I was glad we got to talk to him. Like I said, I'm excited to hear him uh, tomorrow uh, at the keynote. His son's been working in the brewery. Is that right? Yeah, so that, that might be exciting. We might How see. How old's his son? We're not talking about like, like child labor here, are we? No, he's, uh, you know, I've only seen him. I haven't talked to him yet. He seems like he's about 28. Okay. And uh, so so we might see two generations of Grossman's that would be here great. in Nevada. I, and it just, you know, he was emphasizing that he still owns the company. I, I'd, lo- I'd love to see that, to still be a family-owned business of that size. And, and, you know, that's one of the things that's kind of scary. You see how successful Anheuser-Busch was, and, uh, and already uh, InBev has only owned them for a few months. Yeah. And, and we're already seeing things change over at AB. So, so you know, value those, uh, those brewers' traditions yeah. because um, when marketing people own your brewery, it's uh, not a brewery anymore. It becomes tough. Well, and you, you know, have a very small brewery, so you, it's all you, right? I mean, you do everything and are in control of that beer. You know, I am. I've got a, I've got a kid that helps me now. Uh, uh, every Monday, he comes in and he cleans my beer lines for four hours. Okay. And then uh, has lunch. And then I get him to clean and sanitize a tank. And, uh, uh, and then we move a beer from a fermenter to an aging tank. So he's like my Chad. Yeah, basically. That's great. And, uh, except that I have to do it all in Spanish because he doesn't speak any English. You do? <laughs> yeah. Do you know Spanish? Or you actually I know, tell I, him I, the I, wrong thing sometimes. Well, you know, we teach each other because he's trying to learn English, and uh, uh, and I, I love Spanish. Okay. Um, I, think I, I love uh, Latin and, and Romance languages. I, I, I spoke French as a child. I see. And, and so I, I love trying to, to incorporate, you know, what I know from French and what I know of Latin you never and, accidentally... and try to make up words. You never, like, told them to clean your wiener or something when you're trying to tell them to clean your beer lines? No, but they, they do like to play games on me, the uh, Spanish-speaking people at work. Uh, yeah. uh, like, I'll say, well, how do you say toilet paper? And, and, <laughs> they'll and, tell you some dirty word. Yeah, and, and they'll, t- they'll, you know, you know basically the, the translation they gave me was paper for your asshole. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> so I go around asking, asking everybody. For that. You know, and, and they're all snickering, you know. Yeah. <laughs> got you, sucker. All right. All right, let me take a quick break. We're going to come back. I got Dr. Scott hanging out. Maybe we can get JP over here, too. Uh, Doze, uh, Doc's Homebrew Club. Attention BN listeners, for the third year the Brewing Network wants you to support the SoCal Regional Homebrew Championship. In its 22nd year, this is a chance for fame and glory the likes of which you've never seen.
Okay, I rolled a 15 and I get a plus two from my yeast starter. Nope, sorry, you failed your roll. Your beer is infected. No way. You had to be to 24. It's schizosaccharomyces. This sucks. I just failed versus oxidation. Our party is fracked. Doug's the only one left and his beer is a Berliner Weiss. What's this? A tea party? Hey, this is a brew session, man. Get lost. Is that an actual beer? Yeah. Downtown Joe's, located in the historic Oberon Building in beautiful downtown Napa, California, offers an award-winning brew pub experience from 8.30 a.m. to 1 a.m. every day. For 15 years at the corner of 2nd and Main, Downtown Joe's has been voted Best Night Spot seven times and Best Brew Ian Army members, are you looking for a discount on hops? Keep listening. Nico's Homebrew Supply at nicobrew.com has hops by the ounce and by the pound. Choose from varieties like Amarillo, Centennial, East Kent Goldings, Hollertower, Simcoe, Summit, Tomahawk, Warrior, Willamette, and more. And adding new varieties all the time, many for less than 20 bucks. Listening to the Brewing Network. Because, like beer, radio shouldn't suck. Welcome back to the program. We're live from the National Homebrewers Conference in Oakland this year and uh, having a great time. Uh, such a great time, in fact, that our producer, Chad, even already had to leave to go set up for Pro Brewers Night tonight, which is unbelievable. You, you should have come to the conference just for that. 52 breweries pouring beer in there uh, all up and down the West Coast. I, I'm excited about that. I'll be in rough shape again tomorrow morning. So, Gary, if you need me for anything, ask somebody else. Just, just letting you know now. 
And probably most of the staff around here is going to be that way tomorrow morning. So, all right. Uh, we're going to try to keep moving through things. We've got a lot left to do in a short amount of time. I'm sitting right now with uh, Micah Sims and Mark Emily, and they're from Washington, uh, came down to the conference just uh, as homebrewers to come down and check things out. Yeah, mostly just to check it out and see what's going on. Uh, I'm an I'm a assistant brewer at uh, Big Al Brewing, and, uh, but I uh, always want to make it to NHC, and it's awesome we can actually make it down to San Francisco, have a good time, and, and hang out. So Finally got the chance to yeah. do it. Uh, is Big Al uh, pouring uh, at the at Pro Nights? Uh, you know what? This year we're not pouring okay. at this year's event. We're going to be doing the, our first year at the GABF this year, so we're pretty excited about that, but uh, we're okay. not pouring this year. And we were talking to you, Micah, though. Your brewery is heavily influenced, like a lot of craft brewers, uh, by home brewers. Yeah, you know what? Uh, Big Al is Alejandro Brown, a great guy, and he was a home brewer, and I was a home brewer. We met with the Impaling Ailers up in Kent, Washington, and we started uh, brewing about 10 years ago, or he started brewing 10 years ago. I brewed five years ago, and he always wanted to open up a brewery, and all of a sudden we had that chance about a, about a year ago, and, uh, and he said, hey, I'm going to start a brewery. Yeah. Put the money down, and uh, we've been uh, brewing ever since. So about a year ago, got a great chance to have a turnkey business, started brewing. And it's all about Big Out Brewing um, is all about kind of like staying true to the home brewers. Yeah. So we have home brewers come in and brew with us. Um, we have two flagships. It's Irish Red and Abbey Wheat, um, uh, which is what it is. in West Seattle. It's a White Center, uh, West Seattle area. But um, we those have are your popular beers, the, well, the wheat and we have um, two flagships: is the Irish Red, okay, and the Abbey Wheat. All right, and then um, are they homebrew recipes? Did they come from a homebrewer? They were, yeah. Originally, they were um, they were Alejandro's homebrew recipes, okay, and he ended up turning into the two recipes that, that we're brewing all the time. But we have a seasonal beer every month. We have a new beer, great, and then every quarter we have a, a homebrewer come in and brew with us. And we usually pick from either a, uh, a competition that they won or we just taste the recipe and we end up brewing, um, brewing that beer to be a recipe. Great. Um, like we'll do a, do a Doppelbach or, a, or like the latest one was a, was a, uh, a, a Munich Hellas and then a cream ale that we did, which is an awesome cream ale. Okay. So they, the, brew, the home brewers come in and brew with us. It's kind of like a pro-am. Which is um, which is also kind of something we started was the the program Waha Washington Association of uh, Washington Homebrewers Association. Not too we got that too. Mark uh, Emily's from Waha. right. Yeah. Okay, great. And you guys started a, a program with these guys so that you can get homebrewers uh, brewing beer for you. Yeah, well, the Puget Sound program started a few years back, basically to try to serve a whole bunch of the local breweries. Today, we're going to provide you a really easy place to come pick your beers from. Yeah, for scaling up and doing for the JBF. And this year's uh, well, once again. It's the first year that Big Al's going to be going to the JBF, so they were one that we picked up this year. Great. Now, Mark, something I wanted to ask you about is uh, new legislation, some new homebrew legislation in Washington this year. And I think that's what the homebrewers here are, are yeah, real interested big. in, too. Uh, talk to me about that. What happened this year? So, I, I guess a few years ago, a bunch of us all kind of got together and we're like, you know, we haven't been talking between the clubs. We haven't been trying to, to figure out coordinating efforts. And we were, we were looking to get the NHC out in Seattle at some point. Um, but uh, after going through the, the process, it really came down to we had homebrewing laws that basically said you can only bring one gallon of homebrew out of your house, and the only reason you can ever do that is for a competition. That's ridiculous. And I see. It's, it basically, it, that, that's a showstopper for everything. Even, even a normal club meeting yeah. wasn't legal. I mean, granted, they were all still happening, and I probably shouldn't be saying that for... Um, <laughs> but it was. I mean, yeah, but, yeah it was. It's, but a gallon, that's, that's what I had for breakfast. Yeah, that's exactly. Ridiculous. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's an easy pour for one guy for a night. So yeah. 
um, we basically said, let's let's start getting together. Let's let's get a hold. Uh, the Washington Beer Commission was uh, very very helpful in terms of hooking us up with the senator to sponsor our bill. Yeah, uh, we met with them. Uh, senator Jacobson, great guy. Sat down, drafted up the bill, and basically by getting all the clubs together and starting like a network of everyone, just saying, look, everyone needs to contact this senator. Everyone needs to contact these people. We actually pushed a. Ma- I mean, basically, when we go to the testimony, our they, they come and say, look, we weren't expecting to get anywhere near as many calls about this. And this yeah. is obviously something important. Um, so once again, every state needs to kind of get in the mindset of if you want to get something going, if you want to start pushing an effort, you guys really can do it. And The Washington get- Homebrewers came out in force, which was awesome, was uh, the Washington Homebrewers all called their senators. Okay. And they all got together and band together and, and really pushed that legislation through. Cause it, That's the it, way to do it. It flew through, and that was really awesome. Yeah, it passed unanimously in the Senate, uh, had a couple of bumps in uh, actually – this is, this is a great state for California. Okay, so we actually made a comparison to California saying, you know what, California has good laws. They have a great, thriving home brewing community. They have a great craft brewing culture. And they came back to said, well, we're a control state. Um, how would you recommend handling that as compared to California? And we're just kind of like, are you, are you kidding me? Yeah. Look, look at how much money they're bringing in for you in terms of their tax revenue. This is, it's a yeah. good thing. Sure. Um, and, yeah, they just kind of... They, they just didn't quite understand it. But after all is said and done, they obviously uh, understood it. It passed. We were down for the signing on May 6th. It goes into law effect on July 26th. And within the first 40 days, we already have, like, three festivals planned. Wow. Um, so three events kind of going on. To, so now you can lug around all the homebrew you want. Exactly. Backpacks for homebrew. Everywhere. Okay. <laughs> all right, guys. Well, thanks very much. And thank you for the work you did in Washington, too. That's fantastic. I'm, I'm glad hey, you guys can carry it. Thanks for having us on, by the way. Thanks, and, uh, you know, our, our, our deal is uh, drink, hey, live your dreams and drink ours. Big Al's <laughs> is all about uh, brewing the beers that you want to brew. And loving that, that you're a home brewer. Yeah. And brewing for as long as you can. And you brew whatever you can, all you can, for as long as you can, baby. <laughs> That's a lot of cans. Big out brewing, baby. I love cans. All right. All hey, right. thanks a lot. Again, thanks, we'll Mike see you guys awesome. all in Seattle soon. All right. Yeah. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. We'll see you down there, too. All right. We're going to sit down with Gary Glass. i got to keep things moving so we can get as much of the NHC home to you. And uh, you guys know Gary from the show, if not from the uh, president of the Home Brewers Association. Uh, and, and, and Gary just does a great job with these conferences every year. He's, he's very nice to us. He's always uh, inviting the Brewing Network and letting us uh, do our thing, which uh, you know can be dangerous sometimes. So I appreciate that, that Gary does that. And uh, I don't know, Gary, I, I know you always work hard at these things, but how do, you, how do you feel it's going? Oh, so far it's going fantastic. Stay real close for that. All right. Is this close enough? There you go. All right. Now you sound great, Gary. <laughs> <laughs> All right, should I lower my voice? Yeah, lower your voice a little right. bit. Uh... No, so far it's it's been going really fantastic. Uh, we're very fortunate that we've got uh, got an amazing local committee that's that's all really stepped up. Uh, everybody's doing their their part, so uh, it, it's it's going very smoothly so far. This is Good. a great hotel. The space is working out phenomenal for us. Tonight we have thirty thousand square feet for Pro Brewers Night. That's more than ever, right? I've been to a few of these. That, that's more than three times what we had <laughs> last year. Right? Yeah, it's going to be great. Not, I mean, don't picture it as an entire full of beer room. That's not what we mean. But we have all these breweries, and we're going to be able to just roam freely and not bump into each other and smell each other like we sometimes have to do. Yeah, there might be some smelling, but it's going to be. Do you know the <laughs> it's trick? Right? Hard, to, hard to avoid that. Do you know the festival beer glass trick? Uh, my good friends, the Whites, taught me this trick. We learned it. I learned it at Oktoberfest. You know, so when you're at the festival, and uh, you know, tonight, or even in this room, 
Uh, you know what happens. We've been at a beer fest a couple of days. There's a lot of yeast in our guts. You get the idea. You just smell your beer kind of for a long time. Just keep smelling it. And uh, it co- all you smell is beer. It covers everything. And it's perfectly normal. It doesn't look weird. It looks like you're trying to, wow, I really like this uh, 2-1-A IPA. Mm, it smells really good. And you just stay there until the offense is passed. That's the trick. Well, that, that's a great trick. I like that. So that when I see you with your, your nose in your glass, I yeah. know to stay away from that particular area. You do. I thought you were going to say when you see me, you'll instantly go with your nose in your glasses. But I thought you were going to. Well, I was going to be more polite than that. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate it. All right. So uh, I want to know. Uh, I was throwing out some numbers earlier, but how many people are we talking here? Uh, we're, we're talking probably by, by the time we're all said and done uh, with, with on-site registration, we'll, we'll probably be somewhere around 1,200. Wow. Okay. Which is, which is huge. Like last year our, 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 was our biggest conference in Cincinnati. It was phenomenal. Yeah. 950 people there. Uh, to break 1,000 is just unbelievable. Right. That's so great. And now something we haven't talked about yet is the, the competition. Because obviously every year the National Homers Conference is aligned with the national competition. And we got a lot of Brewing Network listeners out there that entered in the first round. Uh, I want to know their odds. How many people entered uh, this year's competition? Uh, we had uh, 1,310 different breweries enter. So we, had, you know, we actually had our, our entry number, total entry number was down slightly from last year, but we actually had more, more entrants this year. Wow, okay. More entrants and how many entries? Uh, 5,166. Wow, wow. Yeah. And so if Jamil hadn't entered, there'd only be, like, what, 166? Yeah, somewhere more, more pro- probably closer to 200. <laughs> closer to 200. Yeah, that guy, I don't know how many uh, beers he entered, but uh, it's pretty amazing. But a lot of our guys, Tasty's got some beer going. I think uh, every, uh, almost every brewcaster here, uh, Sans, me, and JP, we're the shitty brewers in the crew, has a beer going to the second round. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah, so we're hoping for a strong Brewing Network showing on, uh, on, on awards night. Right, well, you'll be there to find out. Yes, and we're going to broadcast that. Uh, we've got internet that night. Yes. Yes, and so do. we will bring that home to you uh, if you haven't, if you were unable to make it. Um, so I, I hope now you you MC the award ceremony, and I, I, maybe you should practice saying the Brewing Network uh, for our you know all of our, our brewers who are going to make it up to the podium that night. Just okay. in your room, that's fine. Right, that's just in the mirror, just practice the brew. I like to say it like this: the Brewing Network. And if you could do that every time someone comes, that'd be great. Because you're going to have to say it a lot, I'm confident. I'm sorry. Can you do that one more time? The Where? Brewing Network. So the, the accent is further the towards the too. end. Brewing yeah. Network. Yeah, Network. Brewing Network. Okay. Try it at home okay. in your own time. You're going to say it a lot, I guarantee. That and Jamil Zanishev. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to be saying it in my sleep now, huh? <laughs> yeah, I hope Thanks, so. Man. I probably ruined it for you. Okay, I know you're the busiest guy here. So, Gary, thank you. It's, it seems to be another great conference that you've done. So, uh, congratulations. Yeah, well, it's not, not all to my credit for certain. I know I mean, that. The whole crew. But, yes, but you're their absolutely. spokesperson, so I'm extending it to everybody in your crew through you. Through Gary. me? Wow. Yes. Uh, just a I'm, great job you guys do. I'm channeling congratulations. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Uh, do, you, do you ever get to sample beers at these things, or are you working too much? A couple? Working too much for beer? Are yeah. you crazy? You work you beer all the way through? Yeah. What about those committee meetings we had to hear Charlie talk about? He's in meetings all day. You don't have to do that? Well, I spent all day in a meeting yesterday. You did? Are yeah. there, uh, I got to know. I, I, see, you guys say this, and I, I can't picture what goes on behind that door. Are you guys drinking in those meetings? Beer on the table? Like, you know, corporate meetings, they put that pitcher of water in the center. Uh, what about you guys? Pitcher of beer? Uh, well, no, we had a couple of kegs. You did? <laughs> these, are, these are not yeah, bad we, meetings. We, we, we passed around a, a bottle of uh, Kurt Stock's uh, fabulous mead. So, okay. Uh, you know, 
It, it was grueling, but not that bad. That's right. Those are some meeting benefits right there. Yeah, That's certainly. good. All right, Gary. Thanks, okay. man. I really appreciate it. Hey, thank you, Justin. All right. We'll be seeing Gary all week and then at the award ceremony, of course. Uh, we got a lot coming up. Uh, Pro Brewers Night uh, is tonight, which is going to be great. I'm not going to do anything but sample beer and wander around. And then the biggest night in home brewing, uh, Club Night, is tomorrow. And I've, I've met a lot of new attendees this, this week. In fact... I'd say nine out of the, uh, out of ten of the homebrewers I've met here um, have never they've never been to a conference before. So it's going to be exciting to see uh, how you guys react to club night because it's really strange and weird. And uh, yeah, yeah, like clubs just set up the uh, I don't know I, I can't even I can't describe it. You're going to have to come out if you're not here this year. Then trust me, you you should you should be here next year. All right. So something kind of special happened. Uh, every year at the conference, a, uh, there's an official conference beer. And th- they're, they're usually just fantastic. People put a lot of time and thought and effort into them. They're generally a collaboration, uh, which is great because you get some great brewers together to brew a beer. And uh, right now we're going to talk to uh, Chad Strong. Do I have that last name right? Chad Stevens. Chad Stevens. I'm sorry. Chad Stevens, who is one of the collaborating brewers on uh, this year's uh, commemorative beer. Can you tell us about that? Yeah, sure. Uh, Chad Stevens, San Diego County Fair. Um, and actually, I've got a shameless plug before we start talking yeah, about the beer. Yeah, go ahead. Then we do it all the time. Uh, San Diego County Fair has the largest selection of beer on the West Coast. And June 26th and 27th... Uh, We'll have 311 beers wow. from 117 breweries, 20 countries, okay. 20 states. Um, website people can get all this info? And the website is www.sdfair.com slash beer. Okay. And again, on the 26th, it's from uh, 4P to 8P. And on the 27th, from noon to 7. Okay. Uh, you buy one wristband, unlimited tastes. Get in there, 311 beers. we got like 55 different Belgian strong ales, for goodness sake. So wow. it's just a, an incredible lineup. Chad doesn't have a piece of paper with all this in front of him, so you've been like living and breathing this festival, haven't you? <laughs> I've been you living and all. breathing this thing for way it's too the, long. It's on the back of your eyelids. June it's 28th, there. I cannot wait for it to get here. <laughs> to be done. So, Gary uh, can attest that, I'm sure. These th- they're fun to put on, and that you do have a good time, but man, is it great when they're over. Yeah, we've got a six-month planning cycle, and uh, yeah. my, my, my life has uh, pretty much been owned by the the fair planning process but okay anyway um, tell us about the, the beer the, the you know oakland has really turned out to be a really nice venue and and i'm just really pleased with the way this this entire thing has gone down dave livonian was one of our club members in san diego he and i met in 2001 and uh i believe he joined june of 2001 and i joined quaff july of 2001 and uh shook his hand and he introduced himself as Dave Livonian and I said Ian and he shook his head yes and I said uh, Armenian and he said yeah and he shook his head and and we instantly connected and we instantly knew each other and and I I don't know Papazian but he's another Ian yeah one of the kids that I grew up with was uh, uh, Tracy Aposhian Okay. And, and, and I just instantly knew the guy's background and what his family had gone through to come to the United States. And uh, long story short, Jay, Dave was just the nicest guy in the world. Okay. Um, I, I like to think I'm a nice guy, but I don't look very nice on the outside. <laughs> I see. Dave looked nice on the outside. He was nice on the inside. He was just a wonderful human being. And, and he always had a, a outpouring of love and affection for those that were around him. And... Uh, 
his his wife uh, works for a large pharmaceutical company, and she got reassigned to London. Mm-hmm. And we had a big going away party for them in August two years ago. And he had a lot of back pain, and we weren't really sure what was going on. He had uh, did some some feng shui stuff and got some. Uh, uh, x-rays and uh long story short went to london a month later had a little spot show up in a lung on an x-ray okay and so uh he flew back and and that was october and by february of last year he passed away wow so the the uh, pretty rapid onset i'm sorry to hear um that. but uh just this was a guy that um the entire world loved and he loved the entire world yeah and it's it's really been amazing to watch the outpouring of love and affection for Dave Livonian. Mm-hmm. And uh, we've had a number of brewers in San Diego that have brewed beers in his honor. And uh, I believe the first was uh, Dean Rouleau with San Diego Brewing Company. And Dean has, uh, I believe he won the double IPA category at GABF this year with Hopnotic. Okay. And uh, he did a Brother Livonian version. And then Colby Chandler with Ballast Point has done two batches of Brother Livonian. Got it. And then for this conference, uh, I talked to Tommy Arthur with Lost Abbey, and he jumped all over the idea. Just, oh. just loved the idea of doing a Brother Livonian. And the first saison uh, that I did with Dave back in, I think it was 2004, 2005, uh, he and I sat down, we kicked around the, the idea, and uh, brewed the beer together one day, and it had uh, tangerine peel in it, and uh, a couple other spices, some pepper, and uh, just really turned out to be a nice beer. And the yeast that we used was uh, cultured from a bottle that he had brought back from the uh, DuPont that Dave Brewery. had brought back? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So uh, I got this little 25-centiliter bottle of provision ale from Cezanne DuPont and cultured the yeast. Yeah. And I ended up giving that to Lisa White, and that is what is now the Cezanne 2. Is that right? Uh, WLP 566. Okay. Ale. Nice, authentic yeast. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, straight from Cezanne DuPont. Sure. And... Uh, they gave that to Stone Brewing, and Stone used that in the 070707 Vertical Epic. Okay. And it's You're been giving used away everybody's number... secrets, you know. Well, I, I, I don't think they're secrets. <laughs> okay, good. You can edit it out if they are secrets. Doesn't bother but, me. Uh, I like secrets. We like to be the first to give out all that information out. <laughs> but it's, uh, um, long, long story short, that's the yeast that we ended up using for the Brother Livonian. Okay. Uh, at Lost Abbey. And all right. It's just... It, really turned out to be a really nice yeast. No matter what you start at, the final gravity ends up at about 004. It just takes everything down to nothing. Wow. Bones. It finishes real dry. It's just a beautiful yeast. Now, I haven't tried it yet. I know it was uh, with the opening toast today, but I had had a full glass of another beer, and I'm just not one to waste. So I, I had that. I'm looking forward to try it. I've got a bottle up in my room uh, because you, you get a bottle uh, when you come in, right? right? That's the same one. And I'm looking forward to it. Well, what a fitting tribute uh, to a man who sounds like he really deserves it, that we get to uh, celebrate our conference with his recipe. Uh, Absolutely. And there's just been an outpouring from all around the entire community. The the people that have provided product to go into the beer, uh, North Country Malt, 
uh, Pop Union. Yeah. Um, Anheuser-Busch contributed glass for the 22 ounces for Pat Mickelhenny's IPA, which is the other conference beer. Yeah. Um, we've, we've gotten uh, White Leaves, White Labs contributed the yeast for the Saison. We had uh, little old ladies picking tangerines and peeling the tangerines for the really little the old ladies the, that you knew, or just you picked them up off the street. Tommy Arthur's got a, a whole cadre of people that help out with okay. beers all the time. So wow. Uh, anyway, just just a lot of people helping out in a lot of ways with with these beers, and and uh, an important mention of uh, Pat Mickelhaney with his beer, which is Sipping on the Dock IPA. And the intent behind that beer was to be a welcome to California, in-your-face, India Pale Ale. Good. And that beer has really turned out nice. Uh, Harold Gobranson came up with the recipe. He's another cloth member. Yeah. And uh, actually, on, on my uh, blog, uh, Zuvaruvi.com, okay. uh, you got a picture of me, Dave, and Harold judging best of show at a competition at the fair a couple of years ago. Okay. And so it, it was fitting that Harold would be involved in the whole thing and helping out with the IPA. So sure. Pat came up with a, a really nice IPA. And, and bottom line, it's just... That is what this whole thing is about. And, and Jamil Zainashev opening the conference yeah. uh, talked about it's not about the beer, it's about the people. And, and that is the bottom line. That's I why agree. we're all here. It's about the people. I was so happy with his, uh, yeah, with his speech this morning talking about that because it really is about the people. We do it for the beer. It's our common bond. But it's, uh, but it's the bond that it's really that's about. Absolutely. It. It's amazing. Uh, you know, sometimes these things come out in, in, in strange and tragic ways. But it's good to see people celebrating a guy guy who obviously impacted so many people and 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 like i said uh sometimes there it's strange events to show how much one affects other people but it's great to see that kind of effect so um i'm really looking forward to trying the beer thanks for talking to us about it. a lot of people who are at home listening are not going to get to try it so i'll rave about i'll tell them all about it and uh they'll just have to live through me Uh, but really chad thanks a lot i appreciate it and uh uh, looking forward to trying the beer Thanks. thanks very much all right, so uh, got one more interview before the break that we're going to do here, and uh, something that happens uh, at the NHC every year is we hang out in the hospitality suite and drink beer. And people that provide that beer are all of the local clubs, and they each take a different shift, and they come in with their home brew that they worked hard to brew all year long, or at least in the last couple months in my case, and uh, they pour their beer. So right now we've got uh, the new president of the Diablo, I, I promise you, I won't get it wrong, Doc. The Diablo Order of Zymerical, Zym, did I get that at least uh, uh, close? I did, right? Yeah, pretty close. Okay. <laughs> Zymerical enthusiast. We made that word up, by the way. It's yeah, it's, not really, it's not really a word. Zymerical? You know, it's printed on the shirt, so it must be a word. Okay. Yeah, that's what I said. I saw it on the internet. It must be true. Yeah, absolutely. It's the same thing. And so the new president, you know, Doc was the president of Doze for years. If you've been listening for a while, you know that. Uh, but the new president is uh, Eric Beer. Doc stepped down from the throne. Right. You know, it, it, it's a great uh, honor to actually have him doing that because I didn't want to give it up for a long time because there was nobody to, that I thought could keep it going. Yeah. And It's uh, tough to keep a, a good club going. Yeah, it is. It's a lot of, a lot of new energy that uh, Eric's bringing in there. Which, so, um, hey, you I'm, know. I'm glad you're doing it, man. Yeah, thanks, man. I'm happy to be here. And um, 
you know, there's big shoes to fill, definitely, with Doc. Well, they're little shoes, well, but the, his efforts are, are big. I wouldn't think that they're big shoes, but yeah. figuratively, yes. know, they, they are. They really it's, you know, are. It's a tough person to follow, but, uh, you know, we're doing good stuff at the club, and we've got a lot of good folks out. We're brewing some great beer and, uh, you know, trying to keep the good work that Doc did for many years, keep it alive, and it's going strong. So what I wanted to talk to you about uh, now that you're in charge is that you're in charge of things like this where you've got to bring beer out to pour for the good people at the NHC. So talk to me about what kind of beers you guys are pouring over there. Wow, so we got a lot of great beers um, on tap right now. And one of the things that, that fortunately for me, I was able to, to delegate some of the responsibilities uh, for working at the conference, whether that be cell, uh, cellaring, whether it be the pouring of the beer, or the actual coordination of who's getting the beer and who's going to get it where and who's actually going to get it on tap. And, and a lot of people have put forth a huge, huge effort. Um, it's a lot of work to get that much beer together. Oh, yeah. It's, it's, it's amazing. You're talking about coordinating just for one club, 40 kegs yeah. or thereabouts. That's, that's a lot of volume of beer, much yeah. less keeping it cold. You've got it in transport. It's... It's Ray Graves from the club has really come through and just kicked some serious butt to organize all of this. It's one of yours on tap over there, Eric? Uh, you know, I don't have any beer on tap tonight, uh, but we've got a, a stellar lineup of folks who have some, some killer beer. We've got uh, a couple of Kolsch beers. We've got a Wit beer. Uh, Dr. Scott brought a uh, Belgian double. A right? uh, Belgian pale and a triple. Belgian pale oh, and a triple. Oh, triple is on, dog. Yeah, the triple's on. It's killing people over there. Oh, yeah. You're getting them ready for tonight. Yeah. That's oh, yeah. a great beer. Tell us about the triple, Doc. Recipe? Uh, big, big beer. Uh, used a lot of rice in it. Uh, gives a nice body to okay. it. Okay. Uh, I incrementally fed it during uh, the fermentation. So I used a lot of that clear candy sugar. Okay. A lot of that. Yeah, the, from dark candy? Yeah. Yep. Stuff easy to use, and uh, it really kicks, uh, the fermentation starts slowing down. Put that in there, kicks it right up. Really? It, so it's probably a good 13% beer. It's big. Go easy on that over there, yeah. but it tastes great. And it's one of those, it kind of, uh, would you say that it masks that alcohol content? You can't taste the alcohol. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just how it's Doc good, likes it. It's a good first date beer. <laughs> kicks you right in the ass. Yeah. All right. We have another good one on tap from a guy you might know, Tasty. Got a, oh, is Tasty's beer on American tap over there? American Pale Ale from, uh, from our beloved Tasty is on uh, tap yeah. right now. Uh, Mike Moraz has some beers over there. I, I'm, he just brought me one. It's a sour beer. Is that what he's got on tap over yeah. there, or did I get a special bottle? I don't know, because he's, he's got the special bottles in the back, don't you, Mike? Just running around. Mike, that's a great beer. They're, all your sour beers are awesome. If you are a sour beer fan, I can tell you that that beer has been flowing strong since we started at 4.30. And if you want to sample that, you might want to get some get over now. There quick. Because it, uh, you know, we don't it, know how long that keg will It stay. won't be there. Yeah. Mike, have you got sour beer in the second rounds? Did you enter it in the first? I don't know how that's possible. Something's amiss. Your beer is great. Oh, you got a good score. 40, is that what you said? That's a great score. Wow. Amazing how that happens. Uh, what else is on tap over there, Eric? Uh, let's see. We got a wit beer from uh, Nathan Smith. Nathan's beer, great. Yeah, he's going to pour with our club too, the Brewing Network Club, on uh, Saturday afternoon. Fantastic. Now Nate's typically a little stronger brewer for IPAs, some yeah. of the stronger Belgians. So the wit, uh, the wit is a little different in the lineup, I is think, it? for him. Yeah, it's but Nathan's it's, soft side. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Everybody's got <laughs> a soft Nathan. side. He can't be rock and roll all the time. Sometimes yeah. he's got to be a little Kenny G. <laughs> Put a little wit up there. Pretty straight up recipe. He was telling me a little bit about the wit, the okay. wit beer. It's uh, 45% pills, 45% uh, 
unmalted wheat, yeah. and then another 10% oatmeal. Okay. You know, just a little bit of coriander, uh, all fresh orange peel. Got to do that. And you hit it with just a splash of uh, chamomile at the end. Okay. So pretty straight up, standard wit, but it's uh, it's stellar. All right. Doc, did you have it? Not yet. I got called over here. <laughs> I put you to work. Yeah, I was hanging out over there trying to go through a few things, and I hadn't hit that one yet. So, yeah. But we're pouring over there to at least 6, right? What time seven? you got seven. Now? Seven. I think we're pouring until 7 o'clock. 7, so okay. we got a little time. Well, I'll tell you what. We're going to wrap things up anyway, so we'll all get to go over and try the Doze beers. And then, uh, Doze, you guys are also going to be at Club Night on Friday? Absolutely. We'll be there in force uh, Club Night. We've got a new theme this year, so we'll be trying that out. And is we'll it? Be- uh, can you give us a clue of what the theme is, or is it top secret? I, you know, I don't think it's top secret, but... Uh, We'll be going with the Diablo theme. Oh, very nice. Yeah, yeah we'll I be like following that, that line, so okay. everybody can look, uh, just look for the horns. <laughs> okay, that's how you find does. Yeah. <laughs> that's not far from Doc's legacy, I'm sure of it. All right, guys. Well, thanks very much, Eric. I appreciate you talking with thanks, us. Thanks, Jay. Uh, I don't know if you guys caught it. Eric's last name is Beer, by the way, which is I, just, I was uh, I was up front with him when he was uh, registering, and they say, uh, your name? And he goes, Beer. <laughs> she looks at him for a minute and goes, no, Beer. Yeah. She's like, just hang on a second. We'll get you registered. It's just in the other room. <laughs> you love saying that, don't you? Yeah, I, absolutely. You know, I feel kind of predestined to be a brewer with that name. So yeah, yeah. It gets a lot of, it's a lot of mileage. Yeah, yeah. All right. Eric, did you make it out to our party last night? You know, regretfully, I uh, had some friends in town, so we did our own little pub crawl. You did, okay. So I had to, had to host some out-of-town guys, but we hit, uh, we hit Zeitgeist, a place Great I've never place. been before. And I highly recommend for anybody who's around. Yeah. Not necessarily into the local San Francisco scene. This is a great intro to. Uh, I agree. Pretty cool culture. It's good pretty bar. good beer. Yeah, very good. If you ride a motorcycle, it's a good bar too. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not if you wear chaps, but if you ride a motorcycle. Assless chaps. Yeah. Just, not a just, different bar. Just chaps. <laughs> yeah. It's the end up around the corner. It's a totally different bar. Yeah. Well, the reason I ask if you went last night is because uh, the 21st Amendment was pouring their version of Tasty APA. Uh, Tasty went out there and brewed it uh, with their brewmaster, Jesse, and uh, he was pouring it at a party. So any of you who made it out last night and tried the 21st Amendment beer that was on tap can go over to the Doe's booth now and try Tasty's homebrew version and uh, see how close the two are. You know, while I wasn't at the actual party last night, I was at 21st. Ah, so you tried the Tasty. And they have Tasty on tap. Okay. Fine beer. How close do you think it was? Is it pretty similar between the homebrew and the... I think it was right on. They did a really nice job with it. And the favorite thing for me was to look up on the board and see Tasty. I know. And it's not Tasty IPA. It's not Tasty Double IPA. It's just Tasty. Isn't that great? (laughs) It's a great name for Mike McDowell, and it's a great name for a beer. It's just perfect. It says it all. It says so many things in one nice little word. Tasty. It's it's like share. You know, if a beer has only one name, I think that speaks volumes (laughs) about its quality. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, The last thing I want to do is get JP over here if I can do that. I want to talk a little bit. He's too busy at work. No, he's all right. Uh, Thanks, thanks, Eric. I really appreciate it. I'm going to come over and try some beer with you real soon. Yeah. Let's get JP in here. We're going to wrap up. Just want to talk about uh, JP's experience yesterday, see how it went. We had a long Brewing Network day. We did a bus tour. It went to uh, three of the BNA4 short bus 2009. Um, it was. Yeah, come on in here, Bevo. Uh, no, I, yeah, that'll work. We'll put you. You're nice and loud. So we did a bus tour. We went to three locations. So we went to Anchor Steam Brewery, 
which was great. I didn't, I didn't think we were going to be able to go there, but Bob, the, the brewer over there, was so accommodating. We had two buses full of people. We had 100 people going into there, and they were real cool to us. Then we went to – one bus went to Marin. One bus went to Moylan's. And then – Went to a, a parking lot beer festival at, uh, at Beer Beer More Beer. And then finally landed at Linden Street Brewery for our anniversary party. Now, JP, my bus, was it went great. I, I had a lot of, uh, of awesome BNers hanging out with us. Oh, wow. Everyone was uh, uh, very well behaved and fun. We, we had a really good mellow day. Uh, you were on another bus. How did, I was on another bus. How did your day go? From another world. Yeah. It, it, you know, it was actually good. We had okay, so we had the two uh, the two guys wearing nutters. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Two people. Uh, yeah, those of you who are uh, so how bad could it really be if we had the yeah? So this dude right here. Two people actually then, showed up at nutters. Yeah, and then uh, so apparently uh, later on at the anniversary party, I, I heard I heard someone go, yeah, you know. Uh, I just thought more people would be wearing these things. <laughs> really? You thought that? <laughs> I don't know why you thought that. Well, uh, I actually thought more people would be wearing nutters, too. <laughs> but, yeah, but you didn't wear yours in anticipation, and that's I, the difference. I don't have any. I only got them for you guys. Yeah. <laughs> well, they don't really fit us. Last time I wore my nutters, my nuts fell out. It's a bad scene, man. That's why they're nutters. Yeah, It'll do that. They're not when, supposed to really fall out. They're, sp- they're supposed to tease. Oh. Well, you didn't fall out. You flopped out like an <laughs> elephant ear. Yeah. It was awful. Ew. Yeah. You know, when we walked in, I saw one of the two in uh, their nutters and yeah. actually made fun of him. I didn't know he was part of our group. I was like, what an idiot. <laughs> what and, then, and then you're like, It what? wasn't you. It was Sean. You're like, <laughs> you're like wait, those are our people. <laughs> yeah, generally. And then I was like, oh, yeah, duh. Why didn't I know that? <laughs> it, was, it was great, man. It was, it was a lot of fun. Yeah. And, uh, and uh, everyone, for the most part, was pretty well behaved. What do you mean, for the most part? I mean, uh, how did the day go? Well, you know, you know, last year when when you lost a, a bet to a certain someone yeah. about who can be, you know, who can be more sober, who can uh, drink uh, enough but appear sober. Right. Basically, it was a sober off. You would have won that this year. <laughs> you would have won the rematch. I would have won the rematch yeah. yesterday. Yeah. So, Brew Tattoo got totally hammered on your. I bus? think he was completely hammered, and all sense of proper. Proper humanistic ability to react to proper situations accordingly. <laughs> to proper, like driving down the road in a bus? Like driving down of? the road in a bus or being in a brewery. Yeah. Um, Bebo, you were on the bus. Uh, are you going to uh, corroborate? No, JP? she was you know, sleeping. I, okay, I, She fell asleep on the bus I twice. See. You know, I was pacing myself. Whatever. <laughs> that's what she calls sleeping. <laughs> no, that's called passing out. Again. Oh, she, whatever. She's were lay, you, she's were your shoes on? No. No. Ah, then she went to sleep. Yeah. She took a nap. Well, it's, she, she, she's like splayed out on these two things with her head like pointed into the into the um, into the aisle. All right, let her either Whatever, corroborate or deny yeah, okay. your say, assessment okay. of Brew Tattoo's Say condition. the splayed out. While part again. I agree, yeah. Brew Tattoo was probably intoxicated. Yeah, JP is a cranky bitch. He is. <laughs> Were you like, because every time I saw you and talked to you, JP, you seemed really happy. So I'm, I was having a great time. Oh, I'm surprised to hear this out of Bebo. Well, really? Are you? <laughs> yeah, you know Bebo. Everything is so dramatic right now. Was he really cranky, Bebo? 
Was there? I think he was. You were asleep for three fourths of that I trip. I was asleep Bebo. for one hour. No, uh, you weren't. One hour. Was I heard there this any, argument yesterday. Was there any yelling involved? A bit. Like the whole bus got really quiet because JP decided to start yelling, and That's it was right. awkward. It was like cricket, uh, cricket, cricket. <laughs> but it felt really good to do. <laughs> Uh, not for I'm you. Like, was uh, aside from Brew Tattoo, there's a couple of you that were on that bus, right? Yeah. Was it really awkward when it JP was... started yelling at Brew Tattoo? Yeah. Everyone was really awkward. They're all it's shaking like their head. Just yes. Turn the volume down. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the screeching record to a stop, <laughs> and then it's just JP yelling. Wow. Well, no, nobody even like made a joke to cut through the thickness or anything. Well, Brew Tat did. And that doesn't help anything. You know, there's certain things you learn about being a human. That you're not very good at. When Brutet drinks double IPAs, he doesn't learn those things. <laughs> but see. it's fine though because he looks good. He looks smart in his corduroy pants <laughs> or whatever. All He's right. not wearing a skirt, and I like that. So, so Brutatu has to be on my bus next year. Yeah, so he's yours. And, you know, it's, it's like it's like we're we get, it's like we got divorced. Yeah, and we have an unruly child, <laughs> and, and you get him for the summer. You're actually uh, he's not mine over anymore. Custody of yeah. tattoo. I, I'm moving to Alaska. You you keep him. <laughs> I don't want him. I can't control him. He doesn't respect me. You know, what we should do is we should have listened to one of those infomercials on the old CBS show yeah. about how to properly discipline your child That's in true. five easy minutes. Do you think that yelling at him was on their list? No, but God damn, it felt good. <laughs> I, I tell it, you, dude. I gotta say, I wish oh, I was there for it, man. and I wish I was there for the uncomfortable crickets after. Oh, it was great! <laughs> it was so much fun. I gotta remember to give somebody a microphone when we do these things, just to be yeah, there yeah. for these sorts of, just ready to. Imagine if we had the tape of JP yelling at Bruce, just snapping. Oh, man, <laughs> I can't shake it anymore. That'll be the next Morbier commercial, I think. Oh, it'd be perfect yeah, for July. Just me screaming. <laughs> Uh, but did you have a good time? <laughs> I, had a, <laughs> I had a great time. I think it was great, and and, uh, and uh, you know everyone. Uh, I, w- I was really impressed with everyone at, at More Beer. Yeah, they knew we were under the gun, and I explained to them like, "We look, we need to be there by seven. Yep, or else we're getting hit with more charges." And yeah. uh, and I kind of went through, and everyone stopped what they were doing. I actually got on the bus, and we left two minutes before I wanted to, and it was great. Wow. So everyone everyone did a really good job in, in kind of just staying with the BN theme and keeping it real cool, and it was, I, I think people had a lot of fun. Yeah, I thought so, too. Our bus was really cool, and uh, yeah! said that we, we were on a tight schedule, and everyone's like, just tell us when we got to go. We're ready to yeah. go. They drank their beer, jumped on the bus, ready for the next stop. It I think cool. what it was, too, is, is people were real excited about getting to the anniversary party itself, so they didn't want to get too hammered beforehand. Yeah, well, like Bevo did. Like Bevo. Bevo says tonight's her hammered night. Yeah, I'm getting trashed tonight. Excellent. It's going to be awesome. Where's Sam? Have Sam. your cameras ready, I guess. And Sam will be around too. There's going to be 30 dudes yeah. hovering around Bebo all night. <laughs> and Sam's going to reap the rewards. Laughing and snorting? Oh, chances are. I do that sober. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. Now, uh, once you got to the party, JP, did you have a good... Because that's a For a you, time, it's man. a long time to be out of your house. That's right. That's right. Oh, speaking of that, I got a, I got a present from my cat from Sodevo. Gave me a little uh, wow. rainbow cat toy. That's My just God, you very are nice, just right? So you, I didn't know your cats went that way. <laughs> Come on, Doc. Yeah, you, that's a far stretch. <laughs> but I you stayed out for a them. long time. I stayed up for a long time, man. And, uh, I went to bed at like one thirty. You did, yeah, because uh, I had to get up and set up the booth and all that nonsense. Yeah, so. yeah. Any uh, any great part? Any memorable uh, parts of the party you want to share with folks who couldn't make it? Uh, just playing uh, playing the bass. 
behind right. you. JP played bass yeah, for the first good, time right? on it's stage. Good, right? It's all right. It's okay. How, how long have you been playing bass? Um, off and on for a year, but mainly on for like six months or something six like that. Six months. Thanks to Schumann. Yeah. Anybody? Schumann, Schumann, and you, uh, you played three songs. I played three songs. Um, I thought you did great. Oh, thanks. You know, my favorite part was uh, oh. missing my cue to stop playing on the Rolling Stones song. You looked at me, and I thought we were just having a, a nice moment. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'm kind of doing this whole thing, and then I kind of stop, and everyone's like... I kind of play and everyone stop. I'm like, oh, did I just, oh. You thought I was like relishing and playing on stage? With me. Yeah, I figured, you know, we were having a friendship moment. (laughs) Really? uh, I just thought you were an asshole. Yeah. You're like, he's going to miss it. Now I'm going to have to look at him. (laughs) Yeah. Um, We all kind of messed up a lot, though. We were pretty, um, we were having a good time. Let's just say that. It was good. Yeah, I had a lot of fun, man. Which is pretty rare when uh, when it comes to the guitar. He did. So so you did great, man. You did just as as good as the the, uh, the professional giving me the finger. I'd say the only one who did, uh, didn't mess up was your brother. Shoe Light actually did real well. So, uh, everyone else. Uh, Push, you screwed up too. Push got up there and did gangsta rap for you folks at home didn't make it. Yeah. Uh, that's his, it's kind of his alter ego, and he did a good job. But you did you forgot some lyrics. You couldn't remember the second verse. You had to ask me before you started it. It was a bit. <laughs> it was a bit. <laughs> <laughs> it was all fake. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it turned into a little karaoke up there after a little while, but oh, we good. had a good time. What was your favorite part? Uh... God, I don't know. Uh, I think just my favorite part was seeing how many people were there. It was pretty amazing. At, Dude, at any yeah. given time, I don't. I, I would have to estimate. I'm estimating 500 people, uh, you know, in and out there for the whole night, and just the amount of BNers and the and the hop grenades running around, and everyone was just so, just having a great time. You know, I didn't. Nobody had to get beat up or arrested. They didn't the have cops, to. The cops did come later on, uh, Doc. I don't know if you saw that. No, I missed that one. It's not a BN party if the cops don't show up. <laughs> or an Oakland party, I, I guess. I think there's photos of me talking to the police. But Is it Sam's brother's fault? Uh, maybe. Sam's brother's kind of a douche. It could have been that. You know, that's all I heard last night. God, my family by marriage is such a douche. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sam's, Sam's cousin was there, and he came to the after party. His eyes were literally, they were actually melting off of his face. He was so drunk. They bulged out and drooped about yeah. an inch lower than they're supposed oh, to be. I've never seen anything like it's it. I'm not true. exaggerating. It was disgusting. I, I, that's was, his, that's, I call that drunk face. Like, oh, that's his drunk face. It made me gag. That makes me, like, when I see that face, I know, oh, crap. You just wanted to, like, scoop up his eyeballs and put them back where they belong. I was he was to put him in a cab. He was real drunk. Uh, but it was a good time. Doc, did you have fun? I had an awesome time. Right. I had uh, other friends that knew about the party come and show up. Yeah. You know, mutual friends we have and people I hadn't seen in a long time mm-hmm. showed up. It's awesome playing with uh, JP behind me. That was great. It was so much fun, man. I, I had such a good time. You'd think it'd be yeah. scary to have JP behind you, but I guess if there's a, a base there's in a between. Big, there's a big piece of wood in between. <laughs> yeah, there is. I know. And a, and a bass <laughs> and guitar. And a bass guitar. Yeah. And a bass guitar. <laughs> yeah. Well, I just want to thank uh, everybody, all the listeners who came out. I know a lot of you said, hey, it's NHC and BNA4. This is the year to go to NHC. And, and, and part of it, you, you guys told me, you know, BNA4 was uh, part of that decision for you. So, uh, from my heart, thank you. It was a good party. Good party. Sounded like you were going to cry there for a little bit. Oh, you got a little on. choked up. Yeah. I don't cry, JP. Well, yeah. I just want to say... Uh, I got something in my eye. I just want to say how, how much trouble it was and what you did to put that whole party together. Yeah, thanks well, to Justin, right? Yeah, thank you to Justin. I'll tell you. Thanks, Chad. 
Give, give Chad a, a... Thanks to Chad, huh? Yeah. Where is that? Uh, oh, he's sleeping Chad, somewhere. Chad, Adam at Linden Street, you know, did a lot of organizing, and uh, just everybody pulled together and did a, a lot of hard work. So I, I appreciate that, but uh, it was uh, just like putting on any of these events. It's a lot of people doing a lot of things. Who wrote the check? So uh, <laughs> uh, the listeners wrote the check, really, <laughs> uh, buying merch and uh, buying yeah. glasses. Yeah. Isn't that a standard answer to Jay's life in general? Yeah, I signed the check, but they, they wrote the check, that's for sure. All right. That's our session uh, for today. We're going to do another one from Club Night, uh, which is more fun because we're hammered. So we'll be doing that tomorrow night. Jamil will be doing uh, his show, Bruce Strong, tomorrow from the Hospitality Suite, uh, I think starting at 5.30. Right here. Same Uh, bat time, the same bat channel. That's right. That's along with John Palmer. And then on Saturday, they're going to do Can You Brew It with Tasty and Jamil. And for the first time, the brewer of the beer we're doing, we're doing Rogue Dead Guy Ale. John Myers here. He's going to sit down. He'll be the judge of whether or not they cloned his beer. Yeah. Just to prove to you guys that we're not sitting in that studio lying. We're going to put it to the test. Wow. And I told John, I said, you be honest. If they screwed it up, you say so. And you look tasty in the eye when you do it. So that will happen Saturday. I'd like to see that from John. So quiet and reserved. You totally screwed it. Screwed up my beer, man. Suck it. And then he walks out. Suck it, tasty. That's what I'm going to have him. If he didn't get it right, I'm just going to have him say, suck it, tasty. That's it. All right, so that's our week of programming. Thanks, everybody, for hanging out. Uh, We'll see you around. Cheers. Big